BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hello, and welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jill Dunn, and I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Carlene Higgins. Hey. And we are two beauty editors turned podcasters, and our show really is all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. Today, we have a very special glow down with one of the makeup artists behind the hit show, Shit's Creek. We've got Lucky Bromhead in the house, and Lucky works regularly to transform actress Catherine O'Hara into Moira Rose on the show. Fun fact, you're going to get to hear her impression of Moira later in the show. It's pretty epic as well. I laughed so much during this episode. Lucky, she's also the personal makeup artist to Catherine O'Hara. So all of those red carpet looks that Catherine has been slaying the Mm -hmm. last few months, Lucky is behind all of those. And as a side note, Lucky, she's the key makeup artist for the upcoming Canada's Drag Race debuting this year. So can't wait to see that come to life. And it's so great to see this Canadian comedy reach cult status internationally. The show earned a record-breaking 26 nominations in comedy at the Canadian Screen Awards. And I think they were maybe a little bit shafted at the Emmys, though. They definitely were. But they have big celebrity fans like Mm -hmm. Mariah Carey has tweeted about the show. Mm -hmm. It's really a heartwarming show that has touched so many people and it was a bit of a slow burn, but I feel like it's really getting its due now. Yeah. And I think the screening parties for the finale, I mean, there's going to be tears, there's going to be looks. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So one of the things that Lucky has achieved with Catherine O'Hara's character is to portray a woman of a certain age looking just fierce. You know, you don't often see like a smoky eye with a bold lip after even women over 40 period. Mm -hmm. And I think even though her character is larger than life, there's some takeaway there. I mean, she just, she looks amazing. Yeah. It's really inspiring. And today you're going to hear about the process of how Lucky collaborated with Catherine O'Hara to bring Moira Rose to life through makeup, including the exact products that are in her makeup kit. There were a few drugstore Mm -hmm. ones, I Mm -hmm. might add. And we also asked her about the one item that she'd always splurge on. And not to worry, we've listed every single thing that we talk about in this episode on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. You're also going to hear behind the scenes details on what it was like that very last day on set. This is Lucky Bromhead. Lucky, thank yes. you for coming in. Welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast. <laughs> and so the show's in its final season. Oh my gosh, tears. Yeah. yeah. Looking back, what's it been like working on that show and working with the Levies? Tell oh, us. man. There's so many amazing moments on that show that 
run the gamut from, you know, being hilarious to crying to having like these moments for me as an artist of learning. It's just been so great. You know, we laugh every day. That was one thing that when I would wake up in the morning, I knew at some point in the day I would have at least one belly laugh. (laughs) Working with the Levies is, I mean, the two of them are comedic genius. (laughs) So there's that. But there's also that they have such a curated view of how they want to present things Mm -hmm. from the humor to what it looks like to the tone, everything. Right. And so I love that they have these sort of, they do have high expectations, but the kindness and respect that they give to all of the people on set, the cast and crew makes everyone want to exceed their expectations. So there was a cool tone on the set. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And where did you guys shoot it? Is Shit's Creek a real place? I think a lot of people want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It's called Goodwood, you know, maybe two hours outside of Toronto. And it's beautiful. It it really is just like what it looks like where there's just that one intersection. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a really good bakery there. So, you know, if you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's called Anina's. Okay. Shout out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I feel like there's going to be some pilgrimages. I know. And uh, and the motel is the motel real? Yes. The motel is in Uxbridge. So it's not quite in the same place. That's a little bit of... So you can't do a pilgrimage and stay at the motel. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say you probably don't want to stay at the motel. Real talk. I I bet there's some people who do. Like just pack a duffel bag full of minis and, uh, you know. (laughs) Make a night of it. Have a Schitt's Creek marathon. (laughs) Yeah, it's the hotel inside. There was a scene I remember where Catherine was coming out of the shower and she had to be wet. So I would have to spray her face with something wet before she walked out. And we were both standing in the bathtub and the bathtub was so gross. (laughs) We were just like holding each other's hands like, (laughs) don't want to touch anything. Don't touch the shower curtain, whatever you do. Yeah. Sleep with one eye open if you stay there. (laughs) Exactly. So take us back to when the show first started and you were bringing Moira's character to life. How did you kind of build from her past as a soap opera star? How did you end up coming up with her signature look? Well, I have to say that I wish I could take full credit for that. But really, Catherine is such a collaborator and so joyfully so, in my opinion. And so we sat down before we started shooting and had a meeting. And she said, well, how do you see this person? Like when you envision Moira Rose, what do you see? And I told her what I saw when I, you know, I saw a smoky eye and I saw great skincare. <laughs> Great skin and a red lip. And I happened to be wearing a red lip that day. And she was like, yeah, kind of like the color that you have on. Do you remember what one it was? It was Mac Ruby Woo. Yeah. (laughs) Best color. Yeah. And then also because she was a soap opera actress, she has this kind of flair for the dramatic. So that was something that we had to keep in mind as well. And then when we looked at what was happening to her on the show and losing everything, you know, we wanted something that she could hang on to, just like how she hung on to the way that she dressed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Anna Wintour's hair. You know, it's classic. (laughs) She never changes it. (laughs) It works. And that look of like a smoky eye and a red lip is kind of timeless. Yeah. But we wanted to make it a little bit, over the top, I guess. So we made her skin a little lighter 
than it is naturally because we imagine that she would spend her evenings in New York City hanging out with the art scene until the wee hours of the morning. And she wasn't really like a lady who lunches. She's avant-garde. And, you know, that's the drama to her look. And I remember, though, when we were doing the test, we knew we wanted that red lip. And I did her lips and lined her lips how they are. And we're looking in the mirror and we were like, it's not there. What is it? And I thought, is it the shade of the red? Should we try a different shade? And she was like, I don't think so. So we tried a few different shades of red and then we were kind of stumped, like, what's happening with this? And then she said, you know, I just want to try something. So she grabbed my lip liner and she started <laughs> drawing her lips bigger <laughs> and bigger. And then this shape started to evolve. And I think I was standing beside her going, yeah, 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 <laughs> encouraging her to, to do it because it was something was happening to the rest of her face. So that her upper lip has no Cupid's bow as Moira. Right. It's just this kind of straight across. We call it the Naomi Campbell. She has that beautiful, you know, mm. sort of non-Cupid's bow lip. And that shape suddenly defined Moira and her whole face changed. And mm. Catherine is a genius with what she can do with her face. And everything changed. And there was Moira. And now a word from one of our brand new show partners, Way. So many of you may be familiar with Way. It's an Insta-worthy line of hair care and lifestyle products created by Jen Atkin. The New York Times called Jen Atkin the most influential hairstylist in the world. She even did Hailey Bieber's hair for her wedding. Obsessed. So very exciting breaking news here. Way wants to help simplify how you shop for daily hair care with a brand new one and done solution for every hair type. It's going to maximize hair health and manageability. And I personally love this idea because nothing gets my gears. Like when I'm looking at a product label and it's got all these fancy words, but I have no idea what it does or who it's for. Absolutely. They've really streamlined this. So there are three different shampoo and conditioner combos. There's a set for fine hair, a set for medium hair, and a set for thick hair. And Way tapped their online community. They tested these formulas on real live Way fans. They use that customer feedback to develop the new line. It's all cruelty-free and it's in sustainable packaging. Give the people what they want. I love it. Honestly, though, for me, I feel so seen because I do have medium hair and there's usually never an option for medium hair. <laughs> so the shampoo contains babasu oil in it, which is like an alternative to palm oil that's a mm -hmm. lot more weightless. And so I noticed the shine. I did notice that manage without my hair being weighed down. And it's sulfate-free because I need to protect my color investment. Mm -hmm. And the smell, it's so good. I got compliments on it. So I use the one for fine hair. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about it is that I got volume, but I also didn't have any frizz. Yeah. And usually that's a bit of a trade-off when you're looking for volumizing shampoo and conditioner. You're going to get one or the other, but not both. So this really hit that sweet spot for me because yeah. it's got keratin in it. Yeah, your roots look still really lifted. Bouncy. Yeah. So if you guys want to check it out for yourself, you can shop the new shampoos and conditioners for fine, medium, and thick hair at theway.com. When you use our promo code BEAUTY, you'll even get three free samples with your order. That's theouai.com. And don't forget to use the promo code BEAUTY to receive three free samples with your order. We will link to that offer in our show notes and on our blog. And now back to the podcast. So what's yeah. the lip liner? <laughs> Strip down from MAC. Okay. Yeah. We use kind of a nude liner because we want to add dimension. We didn't want it to be 
just a flat red. And if you put something that's a touch darker, it gives the illusion that that's her lip. Right. It's more like a contour kind of a yes, thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Lip contour. Right. <laughs> to be sure. Lip contour. It's lip contour. <laughs> and then did you keep with the Ruby Woo throughout all the seasons or does more the red or alter? You know, there's going to be days where she has a different wig on that maybe I would use Dubonnet or there were a few times that I used like a bright purple or a bright orange. It depended mm-hmm. on what character she was being that day in terms of her wardrobe and hair. And, and is yeah. that all Mac? Dubonnet is from Mac. Oh, when she has that sort of mint green wig on, we used Chianti from Stila. Okay. It's a really, really dark, almost black plum, mm-hmm. which I loved that she was into that kind of you know, and I love that about Catherine and and the freedom that she found through Moira too, just to be so brave to wear these colors that normally, you know, a matriarch of a family you wouldn't imagine putting a black cherry. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's what I think so a, a amazing. White woman anyway, because yeah. she's so it's comedy. The show is comedy. Yeah, and you know she's so over the top. Yeah, <laughs> but I think there was something really barrier breaking there where she looks stunning. I mean, she looks amazing. Yeah. So it feels like there's a bit of a takeaway there for real women too, in terms of like, quote unquote, age appropriate. Oh my gosh. I am so sick of talking about age appropriate. Yeah. What the heck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? Yeah. You know, Moira and many other women now are starting to just sort of be like, you know what? I'm going to do what I feel like doing. Yeah. And what makes me feel good, what makes me feel secure or adventurous or whatever it is you wake up feeling like. I'm so glad that now women are starting to, it's a tiny revolution Mm -hmm. (laughs) at this point, but I think it's starting to change. And I'm happy to say that Moira, I think is one of the people that, that's actually one of the things I get a lot on my Instagram are people who, I'm turning 50 this year, people who are my age and older saying, what can I do that's kind of like that? Yeah, absolutely. Should I I try a red lipstick? Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love, it's the best. That must be amazing for you as an artist. Like you're opening up people's minds to this yeah. freedom yeah. around makeup. It's so cool. I think there's this, oh, I wish I could remember who said it. There's this quote that says something like, why be afraid of new ideas? Be yeah. afraid of old ideas. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And I actually love your cat eye today because oh, you, you have like a burgundy, it a burgundy. Say, it is a burgundy cat eye going on with a pink lip. <laughs> yeah. You look amazing. And your nails. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. <laughs> Thank but I, you. I'm like, that's such a great idea and such a great twist on a classic. And we're not 20. I'm always like, how do we put, do this liquid eyeliner with our eyes, right? I need to get a tip on that. Well, I think that there's definitely things that change about your face as you age. Mm -hmm. And I just try to, like with any person, regardless of what their age is, you look at what the face shape is. Mm -hmm. And instead of having, as you age, I try not to have this ominous thought about aging. I, I think aging is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I personally like my life and myself and the people around me much better. And I mm-hmm. think that that reflects in what you look like as well. I think if you start to have that attitude yeah. about yourself, mm-hmm. there's a joy about looking in the mirror and embracing what you look like that goes away if you start to look at it with that ominous mindset. Mm-hmm. So I just look at it for what it is. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's definitely days if I haven't had enough sleep that I could not do a cat eye. Yeah. So I don't on those <laughs> days, you know, I'll do something else. Yeah. And there's certain eye shapes that just can't do it. Right. And, you know, that's what it is. And, yeah. and that's fine. It's not the only makeup thing out yeah. there that makes someone look good. Right. But uh, there's, you know, things that you can do for fun that you don't have to give up. Like, yeah, you know, a but different real t- color Real talk eyeliner. tip. How did you get it not to transfer? How do you do? What's oh, your yeah. trick? Okay. Yeah. Because I have my eyelids kind of fall down. You have to choose the right formulation. Mm-hmm. The ones that work for me, this one is MAC Fluid Line. Mm-hmm. No, yes. wait. It's almost like a gel. It's, it's not the pot? the pot. Oh, it's not the pot. Oh, darn. I think I'm saying the wrong name of it. We'll find out. Liquid Last. That's oh. what it's called. MAC Liquid Last. Okay. And, and they have. Do you know the color? Because that color is really cool that you've this got on. This color, I'm not sure what the name is. I think it's the only burgundy one they okay. make. I think they do a black and this burgundy. They used to do a few yeah. other colors. Mm-hmm. That- it's gorgeous. You have lovely blue eyes. So oh, the thanks. color combination is wicked. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Marc Jacobs has a great liquid liner that doesn't move. Kat Von D. Mm-hmm. Her tattoo liquid liner doesn't move. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, for me, it's those are the formulations that work for me. Unfortunately, gel liners end up all over my eyelid. Right. Eyelid primers can mm-hmm. work too. And actually another MAC product is called Paint Pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like an eyeshadow that's a, a cream formulation. Right. But I just buy one that is the person's skin tone or my skin tone and use it as a base. Right. And it just kind of keeps everything intact. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great tip. Yeah. And so how do you know when you're stuck in a makeup rut? And do you have any ideas? Like you get DM'd about this all the time of something you could try that's not like a cut crease or something, you know, really (laughs) trendy. Like what would work for us? Yeah, I think when to recognize you're in a makeup rut, I think, I mean, I can really only speak for myself as a woman wearing makeup for almost my entire life. And that is when I start to feel naked without something. If I put something on and it starts to become this routine where I'm doing it literally every day or I feel like I can't go to the store without it on, then I need to stop doing it because mm. it's it's now it's become a crutch. And probably behind my back, my friends are going, I kind of wish you'd stop doing that. <laughs> so that's how I try to recognize it in myself. And then, you know, to get out of the rut, it's going to change for every person individually, mm. right? Everyone's faces are different colors and shapes and all that stuff that makes the world wonderful. But definitely, I think trying something in a different color range could help. Or if you find that you wear a lot of makeup, maybe backing up from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you really don't wear any makeup, maybe add a little bit more. And I think that the feedback of honest friends is a great place to start as far as, you know, what you maybe could try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always people at makeup counters and stuff like that that can mm-hmm. give you an idea as well that's, you know, something for you to try on. And But when it comes to choosing colors, I find most of the time people are attracted to what looks good on them. Mm-hmm. So people need to just have a little bit more confidence in that instead of, I think the old way of doing makeup was having someone tell you what to wear. Like, mm-hmm. am I winter or summer? Yes. What are my colors? <laughs> Going no to the Merle Norman colors. store? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's the first place I ever had my makeup done. Same. Merle, Norm, girl. girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was 13 and I had blue eyeshadow up to my eyebrows. I know. They're like, here, take it all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Get the whole face done. Yeah. So 
everyone's individual. We know that. But are there any sort of universal tips that you might have for changes you might start to see as you get into above 40 that you might have some tips on how you can tweak your beauty routine to address whether it's like marionette lines or pores. Or, right. Because I, I yeah. know for me, even doing stuff on camera, like I used to think, oh, my pores are so annoying when I was in my 20s. And I'm like, no, they're annoying now. Right. Like, you, like, yeah. you have to make sure you're wearing primer. Like there's just practical things I notice yeah. that are different. So yeah. maybe you can fill us in on Definitely that. Definitely skincare changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to up your skincare routine for sure. And primers. I love things like Nano Blur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's from Indeed Labs, another yes. Canadian brand. Yes. And uh, Benefit, I think, has something called the Professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every makeup well. artist loves that product. Mm-hmm. It's great. There's a Smashbox primer that is a pore filler mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. Thank God for products like that because that didn't exist when my mom was my age. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But yes, primers, up your skin care, you're probably going to have to add more things to your skincare mm-hmm. as our skin starts to lose elasticity, etc. So Moira wears a primer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And also the when it comes to foundation, as we get older, I think a lighter hand is better because mm-hmm. the heavier you go, the more things kind of tend to fall into fine lines or, or can fall into fine lines. And if you do happen to have areas of the face that do need more coverage, the secret is to do things in light layers. People mm-hmm. want to just like spackle things on. I I mean, I know for myself when I wake up and I see dark circles, I'm like, I just want to put three pounds of concealer on. But the trick lies in doing a thin layer, letting it set having an objective look at yourself about how much more you might need to add to the situation Mm -hmm. and doing it in fine layers. And that way it doesn't have that crazy buildup Mm -hmm. that. So you're just building foundation in certain areas or do you get out the concealer too or. Yeah. I, I mean, ideally, again, it depends on the person's skin, but ideally I like to kind of go light on foundation or do a very sheer foundation and then go in with concealer only where it's needed. Mm-hmm. And again, like layering it mm-hmm. so yeah. that it doesn't have buildup and fall into creases. And do stuff. you use a brush or how do you get that light coverage? Yeah. The foundation, I love a beauty blender, mm-hmm. a brush, depending on the formulation of the foundation. Sometimes I like to put it a little bit in the palm of my hand and kind of work it together so it warms up a bit and press it into the skin Mm -hmm. almost like you would skincare Mm -hmm. and then take a brush or beauty blender and blur out the edges and now a quick pause to hear about one of our very exciting new show partners glossier Glossier is our most listened to episode ever when we interviewed the founder, Emily Weiss, episode 11, amazing origin story. Go back and listen to it for yourselves if you haven't already. Absolutely. And, you know, people just love these products because Mm -hmm. it's all about getting that glow, that dewiness. They've basically bottled it. Yeah. And it's the tagline, skin first, makeup second. So let's talk about the Milky Jelly Cleanser. Yeah. Iconic. So that's one of their top sellers. Mm -hmm. And you and I both tried it. Yeah. So I like to use it in the morning. I use it on 
wet skin. Mm-hmm. And I find, first of all, right away, you're going to get that rose smell. It's so memorable. But there's a purpose for that. It's almost like a rose water toner that's built into it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to give you extra conditioning. It's great for inflammation and it's an antioxidant. And mainly for me, I just find I don't feel dry after because exactly. of that kind of conditioning quality. And it's so important in the first step of your skincare routine. Absolutely. And at, I like to use it at night. I will actually apply the milky jelly cleanser on dry skin. Mm-hmm. Then I massage it on that kind of breaks up the dirt, the oil, the makeup. Then I add water and it gets you that milky lather yep. as promised. And when you take everything off, when you rinse it away, there is no parched feeling on the skin. Mm-hmm. It's not really dry. It's not red. And you know, this product is pH balanced, dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic. So when you have sensitive skin, it's really ticking all of those boxes. Yeah. Get that glowy, dewy skin for yourself by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash breaking beauty, where you can learn more and take the quiz to find your ultimate Glossier skincare routine. Plus, all new customers will get 10% off their very first order on Glossier.com slash podcast slash Breaking Beauty. I love giving people a deal. So we'll link to it in our show notes and on our blog. It's G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R dot com slash podcast slash Breaking Beauty and certain exclusions apply. And now back to today's episode. You had a question about around the eyes. Because- yeah, I think um, I think a lot of the listener questions that we got were to do with eyes because I think that is something, even if you've never worn makeup and then you get into your 40s, you're all of a sudden, you're like, oh, these bags. For me, it's puffiness. Like mm. just, and for me, I also have oily skin. So I'm mm. trying to avoid the transfer. You get the powder under there. Then it looks dry. It's just yeah. like a vicious cycle. So it is. tell us how to fix under the eye or make it look like really good with concealer. Well- Nano blur is a good start. Under the eye. Yeah. Okay. Very lightly. Very lightly. With uh, your fingers. Yep. Okay. And patting. And it kind of does this, it tightens everything a little bit mm-hmm. and helps kind of push down if you've got a little puffiness. And then I like a concealer like clay de peau or something like that that's quite moist. Mm-hmm. But again, it depends. If your skin's quite oily, then Laura Mercier has a drier Mm -hmm. concealer that's great. So you have to find the formulation, which sometimes it's, depending on the individual, it's going to be a little bit of trial and error to find your formulation. Mm -hmm. But again, go light. I would apply it with either a beauty blender or your fingertip as lightly as you can, and then take the finest dusting of powder. And I mean, fine. You know, all the stuff that you see about baking and whatever. I guess it's a similar theory behind that, but really you're just setting it with powder, but don't like Mm -hmm. really cake it down. Mm -hmm. I have very oily skin, so I have to be careful about the makeup that I put under my eye in terms of the eyeliner and mascara and stuff like that. I love tube style mascaras Mm -hmm. like L'Oreal Double Extend. Mm -hmm. It's great on bottom lashes. If I smile, my lashes touch my skin and you know, even with a waterproof mascara, if your skin is oily, oil Mm -hmm. takes off waterproof mascara. So then you have raccoon eyes that you just can't take off. Right. Mm -hmm. So I use a a tube style Mm -hmm. uh, mascara. on. I love a tube mascara. Me too. And the number of people that I have shared this with who have talent and actors and singers and whatever are like, this has changed my life. Wow. Especially on the bottom 
Yeah. They don't tend to, I find tube mascaras don't look as fluffy mm-hmm. and I love a fluffy lash mm-hmm. on the top lashes, right. but the bottom lashes where you're just looking for a little definition. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's a great, great tip. Cause I've yeah. just given up on my bottom lashes cause I can't deal yeah. and <laughs> do all the work and the layers and the powder <laughs> yeah. and the feathering and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, yeah. but that's a great tip. I feel like tube mascaras are so underrated. It almost was a trend and then they went away and it's Mm -hmm. like, no, they actually have a purpose. Yeah. And some of them were quite expensive when they first Mm -hmm. came out. So I think that that was something that turned people off of them a little Mm -hmm. bit. But then I found the L'Oreal double extend. Yeah. It's Drugstore buy. Love a drugstore buy. And the difference with a tubing mascara is that it's like almost like shrink wrapping each lash, right? Like it's wrapping each lash. So that's why it gives you a bit more performance. And it just slides up. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, it doesn't budge with oil or Mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when you want to take it off, you just kind of jiggle it a little bit with warm water and it slides off and they they look like little spider's legs. Yeah. Yeah. It's so satisfying. It's like like the old pore strips. I'm like, there it goes. There it goes. You know what I'm noticing? lucky with a lot of the stuff that you're recommending it's like those tried and true yeah. products that yeah. we talk about all the time it's yeah. just like you know yeah. what works yeah, and that's ones. what's in your kit ruby woo there's mm-hmm. the tatcha dewy skin mist yes. is mm-hmm. another thing that like i i don't know i think i would be out of a job yeah. <laughs> if i didn't use it <laughs> and the mac paint pot to keep people i mean i have some talent that has had to keep their makeup on yeah during a flight Okay. And the next morning, they've taken a red eye somewhere and had to make an appearance the next morning. And they have taken off everything else around their face, <laughs> left the eye makeup on because they're like, I think I can kind of do my own foundation for this morning show, but I really love my eyes. And because we put that MAC paint pot down first, yeah. it stays. They sleep with pillows on either side of their faces and they <laughs> show up with this the same This is a makeup. great story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, I'm obsessed. I know. All you have to do is put on your sunglasses on the flight. No yeah. one would ever know. No. Yeah. And you know, they get to the hotel room, they take off the rest of the makeup so yeah. their skin still looks fresh. Yeah. yeah. They build it around. And I take that as such a great compliment to that they liked the, the eyeshadow so that, much. that I yeah. put on them. But also it's a great testament to just using products that this is next on. level, next day makeup. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what about brows? Do you, you know, they obviously start to thin as yeah. you grow older. Do you have like a universal trick or product that is the I, icon? I actually put it in my pocket. You oh, did? In the pocket. Ooh. Here's another drugstore thing. Mm-hmm. But I actually, Catherine introduced me to this. Oh, and do tell. I think they may have discontinued it, but you can still find it on their website, on okay. Maybelline website. Okay. It's called Brow Precise Fiber Volumizer. Okay. And so it has little fibers in it that mm-hmm. grab onto each hair and make each hair look thicker. And those tiny little fine baby hairs that mm-hmm. are still left behind when your brows become more sparse, it grabs onto those. And also because it has this paddle shaped applicator. So you can either just do the hair, or mm-hmm. if you find that you need more color you can just press down a little bit and it'll give you a trace of color underneath the hair. So it's kind of an all-in-one product. It almost looks like a lip gloss. Yeah, the applicator. The pedal applicator. Yeah, like a pedal or a doe's foot applicator. Yeah, it's great. And I know that Moira is like inspiring a lot of drag artists as well. Did you ever expect that to happen? I (laughs) live. (laughs) I live for it. It's. I remember saying to her at some point, I cannot wait for someone to do Moira drag. And she was like, what? No, 
no, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to be so excited. And I remember the first time I saw it was maybe, I think around season two, someone on Instagram did a Moira drag. And now it's like night of a thousand Moiras. (laughs) Oh my goodness. There's so much. And I just, it's fantastic. And what an amazing character to draw from. Yeah. Endless inspiration. Endless. Yeah. Yeah. Literally night of a thousand Moiras because <laughs> there's that much to draw from. Have you seen any great names like that are riffing on Moira Rose for drag? Like I haven't heard. No. I feel like there'd be oh, some funny ones out there. This is yes. a call to the drag community. Yeah, totally. So I heard that you may have had a hand in Moira's vocabulary early on in the yeah. show. Is that true? Well, Yes, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the writers on the show are amazing. Yeah. But Catherine and I, when we were in the makeup trailer, we love words and sentence structure. And we were, you know, always talking about stuff like that. During the hiatus on the first season, I went home to British Columbia. And there's a bookstore in Penticton, BC that I went into. It looks like something out of a movie. It's like crazy secondhand bookstore. And I was just standing there and I happened to turn my head and there was this big pile of books and I see something called Foils Falavery. And I was like, what's that? And I just grabbed it, looked inside and it was words that are real words, but they've fallen out of fashion or whatever. And it goes back to the 1800s, these words, someone, this foil, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Foil sourced all of these words and they were just so strange and so many kind of obtuse meanings for things that I was like, this is incredible. And I just thought that she would enjoy the book. So I brought it back and put it in her trailer. And then she ended up using it a lot to kind of uh, (laughs) season (laughs) some of the words that happen in the show. And yeah, so uh, I I hope that foil has seen a (laughs) a spike in sales. I know. I feel like that book could be, yeah, like on eBay now, like auction off Moira's Dictionary or something. Yeah, yeah, the one that, yeah. And I guess that there's further flavory as well now. There's oh, really? One. I, uh, I, someone else bought that for her. I think her friend Robin Duke maybe bought it for her. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, so she started this collection of books, but it kind of started with that one that was such a random yeah. thing to find. And yeah. I just thought she would get a little giggle out of it and it ended up oh yeah there were some good words out of there yeah so fun hot tip for all the drag mamas out there <laughs> yeah we're doing more uh, yes some good backup yeah, research exactly now there's instagram accounts that are moira's word of the day kind of thing oh my god which i, I just check these out oh it's I'll, I'll send them to you but yeah it's i just think it's such a cool thing to not only is it funny yeah but their actual real words. Yeah. Do you have a favorite word that she drops, that Moira drops? Bombolating is a great one. <laughs> what, what, what was the context for that? I think she says something like, you can feel the room bombolating. I think it's like a, like an upswing in energy. Mm, I like that one. And I, I love, uh, oh, Unasinus. <laughs> I think that means, uh, oh goodness, it's like an equally stupid idea. <laughs> Um, yeah you're well, so good at doing the voice it's yeah. so funny <laughs> I loved hearing her doing it every day I cherished every second of that I can tell you that 
So I think we're going to open it up to some listener questions for oh, you okay. that came in kind of last minute, but they're really fun ones. Ah, cool. So we talked about Moira always having a red lip, but Anne wants to know what lipstick you used for Moira's pink lip this season. She thought that was really fun. The pink lip. Mm. I'm trying to remember which pink lip because there's a pink lip that we use for her when she is going to bed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) So soap star, really. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, that lipstick is a, is a Mac lipstick called Fanfare. It's a very natural pink. (laughs) Alexis. And um, <laughs> then I, we used a brighter pink, kind of a magenta pink called Girl About Town, which is another MAC one. Uh, and then there was a a lighter kind of more 60s pink. And I'm trying to remember, I think that was a Marc Jacobs one called Pop. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I love that you can remember that off the I, top I of your head. Even, That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know how I did that, Anne. <laughs> Okay, we need to create a whole Moira Rose store on our totally, Amazon. Totally. Something. <laughs> and what about the crows where she's, we had a lot of questions about this and the look. That must yeah. have been really fun. Tell us the story about that. Yeah, I have to, you know, if it wasn't for Mark Watton who did the beak prosthetic, <laughs> that look would not have been. Would not have flown. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here Very all night. Well played. Yeah. So we did this little beak tip to her nose. And it, that was, you know, we had to be very particular and careful about the nose because, or the beak, I should say, because if it gets too big, it starts to look comical in a different way and, right. it, and it really swallows up someone's face. So hot tip, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it too big. Don't make your beak too big. Anya did this insane wig that she, the wig started off being like a, I don't know, waist length black wig that she cut into this crow creation that kind of reminds me of like a Soprano's haircut. <laughs> you know, it's it's like a crow, but also a Soprano. Fantastic. And then, you know, we wanted her to look a little spooky. So we kind of lightened her eyebrows, took away her eyebrows because that makes anyone's face look very different. Mm -hmm. But when we were doing the whole thing, I said, we have to keep your lips the shape that they are. Mm -hmm. Because if those lips go away, then there's no more Moira. Right. Right. So (laughs) even though she's turning into a crow, (laughs) she still has the lips. Oh man. Yeah, that was that was really very fun and so uh, creative. It's our whole team, the the head of department, her name's Candace Ornstein for head of the makeup department, and the head of the hair department is Anastasia Kakula. And the whole team was just wonderful because we would collaborate. You know, we would have our ideas about what we wanted to do, but we would always throw it out to other people and get their feedback. And we were so fortunate to have a team that was so open and collaborative Mm -hmm. and talented, Mm -hmm. super talented. Heidi B would like to know best tips for flawless skin as we age. We talked about 
some of this. She wants to know what primer and foundation specifically you recommend, especially if aging skin is still prone to blemishes. Okay. So the primer, I would say that Tatcha primer is fantastic because it's light. Mm -hmm. It doesn't clog anything. And the foundation... Maybe try something like It Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. They have a foundation called Bye Bye Lines. Okay. And it has great coverage. As always, I would recommend using a damp beauty blender. Go light in terms of your coverage at first and then go in with a little extra product Mm -hmm. where you feel like you need more coverage. Mm -hmm. And if you still need more, then you can add a concealer. And depending where it is on your face or on the eyes, I like something a little creamier like Clay de Peau or the rest of the face. You can use Laura Mercier or MAC has a great concealer that's in a pot. I think it's called Studio Finish Concealer. Mm-hmm. And is that the foundation you use on Moira slash Catherine? Yeah, I use that foundation on her a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few, I have a few different ones that I use depending on what's happening because yeah. there's, you know, It takes it out of your skin when you're using that much makeup every day and Mm -hmm. you're in the makeup for that long. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we used to start in April and it was still cold. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the lack of moisture in the air, I would have to kind of use different things throughout. But that's a foundation that she really liked a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've mentioned a few drugstore favorites. One of our listeners, B, would like to know the one product you would splurge on no matter what. Oh, there's a few. So I love Tom Ford Shade and Illuminate. The contour color in that product, I think, is the correct way to contour, Mm -hmm. which I don't love orange contour. Mm -hmm. And people will use bronzer, et cetera, to contour their face, which depending on your skin tone can work. But if you're paler, it tends to not look right. Mm -hmm. So the Tom Ford Shade and Illuminate has enough gray and green in the contour color to look very natural. And the Illuminate is beautiful and dewy. It's not glittery and sparkly. Mm -hmm. It looks expensive, sweetie. (laughs) And uh, the other, I love La Mer. I got to say it. I love almost anything La Mer. They have their classic cream is fantastic. They have a new one that's a bit lighter Mm -hmm. and in texture, which just everybody's skin seems to like. Mm-hmm. That one. Is there a palette you like to use on Moira? I do use a lot of mostly Charlotte Tilbury, mm-hmm. Inglot, and MAC mm-hmm. eyeshadows okay. um, on both Moira and Alexis. I love the Charlotte Tilbury. It looks good on everybody, I feel. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. And it's, it's so, like um, it's velvety. Mm-hmm. It's easy to blend. There's not a huge ton of fallout, especially from the more matte shadows. Mm-hmm. They're very adhesive to the skin. Yeah. And I know Inglot is pro. So that's a go-to for what? Like, why do you need to get Inglot pro with has it? great colors. Mm-hmm. They, they just have these ochre tones and mm-hmm. just kind of unusual colors that maybe to the layman's eye, they're not a sexy color, but for me as an artist, and it's the type of colors that you need to properly build a skin tone and shading and highlighting. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of that. And actually for anyone who has darker skin, the Inglot, their gel liner is hands down the best eyeliner Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. that I've used on black skin because it doesn't go gray. It doesn't go ashy. It's very, very black. It's the best. Is it in a pot? or It's, it's in a pot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think we're on our final question, yeah. Jill Dunn. So take us back to that final day on set. Oh, God, no. We want tears lucky. No. <laughs> Tell us <laughs> what went down. What were you feeling? What happened? What will you always remember? Well, we all knew that it was coming. And so I think some of us were kind of like trying to buck up a little bit, like, okay, we're working. But I remember the last day we were coming in from the base camp and uh, riding this car into the set. And I looked up and I saw the Rosebud Motel sign and I, oh my God, I could cry now. <laughs> anyway, it was very emotional. Every, there were, you would have these like pockets of people that you would see around <laughs> oh, that person's having a moment over there and that person's having a moment over there. And everyone, even after they wrapped that day, they stuck around Mm. just to watch everybody else do their scenes. And it just was such an emotional thing for everybody. And this, this show that Dan and his dad created that meant so much to everybody. And the thing that sort of helps me is knowing that the show is going to live on Mm -hmm. and, you know, these characters, they're not dying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They they live. Mm-hmm. And I think the show will continue to live for so many more years and for so many new people seeing the show. And, and that's the thing that kind of makes me feel happy and good about it. But Catherine and I cry all the time. We tell each other stories that make us cry it's so stupid. <laughs> and when you think about her eye makeup, it's really the dumbest decision in the world to go down that road when you're when you're sharing stories with each other but we would also cry from laughter and or something beautiful we'd be talking about a beautiful moment and oh we would start crying (laughs) and this happened for you know six years of being in that trailer we cried all the time and then the last season she was like you're really holding out aren't you it was like, you don't want to talk about because if I started talking about something sad that that's it I would be crying So, yeah. And then I kind of kept it together for most of it. And you know what? They're going to listen to this and they'll be like, you're lying. Because I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. What am I saying? I'm telling myself a story that isn't true. It's not true. I cried a thousand times. I just tried not to cry while I was working. Right. The last episode is so... Obviously, I can't say anything about it, but wow. What, What a way to go out. Holy crap. It's amazing. Everyone... I mean, the story and the what everyone looks like and it's uh, it tops everything. Yeah. Tops everything. I heard Dan say it was his favorite of all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So that's pretty saying a lot. I remember, you know, walking out onto set and seeing Dan like looking around at everything and just watching him take it all in. And I was so happy when he looked over at Anya and myself and he was like, they look incredible mm-hmm. and we were like oh, okay good that's what we want you know he has just such a strong vision for the show and a specific vision and with good reason mm-hmm. and so when you meet or exceed it it feels pretty amazing and and especially to do it on the last episode was mm-hmm. like it, it was pretty great. So good. Well, we'll be watching. Yeah. Screening party. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. know who to call <laughs> to do our makeup. Party. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank all so of you. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb, like a cherry bomb.